if you're going to race cars, mate, you're going to crash cars. Are you telling me you made a time machine out of a McLaren? Oh, my dad always says you shouldn't hit boys, mate. Huh? Oh, well, we're not friends. Well, racing is life. Anything that happens before or after, just waiting. You're listening to The Grid Girls with Saski and Sarah. Let me just take a swig of me gin before we start. Cheers. 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 <laughs> well, Sarah Connors, the IndyCar season is over. The IndyCar season is over. <laughs> Obviously, as a podcast, people can't see us. And oh, no. right now, Sarah has Graham Rahal on a stick and is currently thrusting him towards her camera. It's even Graham Rahal and his little, uh, like, bow tie and apron overall. I can admit, Graham Rahal's racing suit has to be one of my absolute favorites. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's, so... It's like one of those aprons you buy your dad or something, or your mum buys your dad as a joke that has, like, the, the spuff six-pack drawn on it or, like, <laughs> hits the cook in a bow tie. It's like the racing equivalent of a tuxedo shirt. It is, basically. Says, I'm serious, but I'm still here to party. The tuxedo t-shirt of Grace Over Else. It's beautiful, though. And um, I have to say that is one of the things that I love about IndyCar is how freaking goofy everything is. Like, yeah, one is all like, oh, we have to be as cool as possible. Like, every all of the sponsors have to be, like, high-end, like, Hugo Boss and, you know. Yeah, in IndyCar, Formula One sponsorship is for the global brands with a lot of money. Yeah. IndyCar. IndyCar is steak and shake. I don't even know what Steak and Shake is. Steak and Shake is a kind of small regional um, hamburger joint in, like, Ohio and Pennsylvania. Okay. And I think they, they had some in St. Louis, too, but it's, like, a Midwest thing. Okay, it's a Midwest yeah. thing. Now, well, well, living in Canada and actually having never been to the Midwest in any of my adventures, I've basically been, like, east, close, east, east coast and then, like, the northwest. Yeah, and you're not about it. You're fine. There's this whole part of America where I'm like, nah. Yeah, you're fine. Um, yeah, no, it's it's fun. And, like, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool that smaller uh, businesses can actually get sponsorships and then actually make the cars look really cool. Um, you and I both discussed how much we do love an indie car paint job. No, they're so colorful. It's just wonderful. And then they all get together. You're just like, flat lights, color. Mm-hmm. They're not all chrome and black and white, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Sa- the Sauber paint job in F1 from, like, an aesthetic point of view, but I'm stoked it's different colors, even if yeah. it's, like, the, even if it's an unwitting advertisement for Ikea. I know. The Ikea Sauber F1 team. Yeah. <laughs> team Sweden. I wish, you know, it'd be cool if Ikea sponsored an IndyCar. Yes, that would, that be, would really be. I reckon you could do some funny, funny cross-promotions there. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, so the season's over. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. We got real into it real fast and then it ended and I don't know. And it ended in spectacular fashion. Um, so we went into the last race of the season. Juan Pablo Montoya is up up in the front and, uh, you know, he, he doesn't really have to do that well to win, to win the whole thing. And does he? Hell no, he doesn't. Does the second. Well, he had to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh no, he doesn't. And and it was double points. Yeah, well, for yeah, some reason true. they have. And and, and uh, that being said, someone made a good point that if 
Juan Pablo Montoya was annoyed about these double points. He was okay taking the double points in Indianapolis. So they kind of do that thing where they randomly, I, I think, is it only the two races that double points? Yeah, it's in the Indy 500 and the last race of the season. I understand, like, making the Indy 500 double points. It's an iconic race. But you're like, nah, we'll just make the last one so it gets, like, super, like, intense. Yeah, I don't mind it. I thought it was okay. Um, I like it more than I did when it was in F1. Yeah, true. F1, it wasn't even really that much of a... F1 was just like, eh, let's just make a double point because we're bored this week. Yeah, exactly. The the other thing that I think is really fun about IndyCar is that, you know, there weren't... I don't think anyone won more than two or three races this season. Like, well, no one driver won more than two or three races. I mean, um... Uh, we were talking about this before we came on the podcast. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke Smith, who covers F1 as well as motorsports, um, was, was, was going through the stats discussing, you know, uh, uh, Juan Pablo Montoya versus uh, Scott Dixon. Um, and, I mean, it was insane. Like, Juan Pablo Montoya led the entire season on the standings until that very last race when he – didn't and he lost the championship and people were like like how would you feel yada 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 but they made a really good he made a really good point when he went back through those stats that um that throughout the entire IndyCar season Dixon had led more than twice the number of laps that Juan Pablo Montoya had led and that Dixon spent more time in the in P1 than any other position in the races Juan Pablo Montoya spent more time in P4 than any other position. So, uh, I mean, Juan Pablo did lead for most of the season. Points-wise. Uh, Points-wise. But when you really look at it, Dixon was probably the most consistently performing racer of the year. Yep. Which is kind of a big deal when you consider that these races have so many lead changes. You know, mm-hmm. the yeah. one we went to two weeks ago was, I think there were like 51 lead changes between 11 drivers. And and That's it's also like, I mean, isn't that what you... Isn't that what you want to win, though? You want the driver who is the most consistently performing driver to win. That's theoretically what a championship should be. The most consistent performer wins the championship. And there's a really strong argument that 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 performer is is Dixon. And if you take out the double point JPM gets at Indy, it's a different story. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, we had, um, but, but look, my favorite part of the start of the race was when they started, like, they started showing um, all the drivers that theoretically could win the championship, right? Yep, yep. And, and so they'd flash up the driver, and then they'd, like, if, and, and so then it showed you all the, all the, like, uh, not the connotations, but the, the permutations of the what has to happen for to them to win. For this driver to win. <laughs> I was like, if. This driver finishes here. He has to finish there, and and there was literally like seven options, and then they would flip to the next driver, and they did like six of them. Yeah, and I was just like, all I could think of was the poor person that had to sit there and, and figure try all that. and figure out all of these permutations. <laughs> like, get out your Excel spreadsheet, punch some numbers in. You get to some point where you're just like, screw this, fuck it. Like, I don't care. I don't care who wins. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's. it's- it's really cool that, that this worked out this way. Um, and it, it's, uh, again, not to, like, harp too much on Formula One since we're supposed to be just talking about IndyCar this, this week. Is an in, this is a special edition IndyCar-only podcast. Yep. But 
Like, I mean, you have the same guy leading the whole season in Formula One. The lead changes maybe once, and that's it. Yeah, Form- yeah. I mean, <laughs> and that's Lewis Hamilton. Occasionally, occasionally, Seb or Nico. Yeah. But then it's like, and there's Lewis again. And he's back. There we are. Oh, look, didn't, didn't get a good start, and he's in the lead. Yeah. Anyway. But I mean, I mean, even with the total points on the season, you know, he's okay. he's been in the lead the whole the whole year. Yeah. The whole year. Theoretically his car has to fail for like at least one to two races for Nico to have a chance. I know, I'm so mad about it. But we're not talking about that today. We're not talking we're about Formula One. This is no Formula One zone right now. Right now, I'm gonna s I, I have all right. Side note, and I'm terrible because I know we're do, we're gonna do another podcast on like Tuesday, but dude, GP two tomorrow. GP2 qualifying. I'm like a little ball of stress because I just really want Haas to sign Alex Rossi and I need him to do super well this weekend. Oh my god. Like, like Here's stress. the thing. Stress. Haas signing Alex Rossi probably has very little to do with Alex Rossi's GP2 performance. Um, I mean I think he... It probably also has a considerable part to do with how much money he can show up with. No, no, Haas isn't going to be a team. Haas is, Haas is all non-paid driver. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you got to give him a season. Do, then, you know, your team do you know Haas. how much money that guy has? Do you know how much money they're coming in with? Oh, a lot. A yeah. lot. It's a shit ton. Yeah. They have they have a NASCAR how team. How much money? A lot. <laughs> he has this like giant power tool empire, and uh, I don't think I think he can sign whoever the fuck he wants. He doesn't have to worry about money. Obviously, if you're American, you got to sign Alex Rossi, at least for the first season. You've got to play that tokenism. Just let me be able to go to F1 races in Europe, like, dressed in a bald eagle onesie with an American flag as a cape. Like, this is all I want out of life. I think you're also, I think you're, you're also banking on it. If you turn up dressed like that, Alex Rossi is going to remember you in your GP2 banner. He's Dude, I like, made him a You were here there. from the beginning. And you'll be like, yeah, I was. I was I was here before you were cool. I am your number one fan. <laughs> you were always Team cool. America. I know, seriously. I just, I want this to be a thing. Okay, huh. well, Alex Rossi isn't an IndyCar driver, and nor is Team Haas. So let's go back to what we, what we signed up to talk about for the next little while. I know. Time. Back to IndyCar. Did yeah. you know that I met Connor Daly last week? Did now that me? guy, no, wait, Connor Daly's American, right? Shit, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, he, if I had to come up with a, like, an action figure that was, like, America, yeah. that's it. He looks like G.I. Joe. He does kind of look like G.I. Joe. Like, um, my, my jawline has its own postcode. <laughs> and he's, you know what's really funny, too, is I have to tell a story now that we've been talking about America. Um, he was hanging out with James Hinchcliffe, who is Canadian. So Canadian. And, Hashtag Team Canada. Oh, man. So we, we took a picture with them. They were super nice. Um, my friend Kale, like, talked to, the, talked to James a bunch because his wife is a huge Hinchcliffe fan. And um, so we got a picture with Hinch and Connor. And I said to Connor, I was like, yo, I really hope you get a full-time drive next year. And Hinch goes, he does have a drive. He drove us to the track today. And I was like, you're an asshole. I kinda <laughs> but like, you're, like, a friendly asshole. You're, you're a Canadian asshole. Which is, which you know what that means. Which, if you're a Canadian asshole, you're still probably the second nicest person in America. True. True. Um, but no, Connor, Connor, like, I had my Nico Hulkenberg shirt on, so he was like, yeah, cool shirt, so I'm guessing you guys are F1 fans, and we were like, yeah, we love like, everything that involves cars. Oh, I was, like, trying, I was, like, low-key trying to just, like, play it cool, and I was like, yeah, you know, we've been cheering for Alex Rossi in GP2, and he just goes, yeah, America, and I was like, <laughs> 
I fucking love you. You understand. You, you understand me the way I want someone to understand me. So, like, yeah, I don't know. It's funny because Australia doesn't do national pride in the way that America does. Yeah. And I, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, Will Power, he's Australian. Good on him. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Like, Dan Ricardo, he's Australian. Yeah. My mum is a New Zealander. So I'm like, yeah, New Zealand. Mitch Evans, yeah. And I, but I'm also Scott just Dixon. like... Yeah, Scott Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> Even Scotland. My dad's Scottish. Like, yeah, David Coulthard. I like David Coulthard more because I met him. He's nice. But still, I'm just a bit like, we don't do... Like, yeah. You don't dress Australia. up as, we like a kangaroo with an Australian flag and like all that nonsense. But you should. I mean... Because it's so funny. But yeah, I'm sure it probably is. That being said, I went to the Olympics once with an Australian flag. I was like wearing it as a cape. Yeah. And someone was like, oh, didn't it? oh are you from England? It's like, are you? Um, what? <laughs> Got the union. It's not the new. Oh my God. Come on. It's not like, it's not like where the New Zealand flag, which everyone thinks is the Australian flag, but it's the Australian flag missing a star, but with red in them. That's why New Zealand is New Zealand is having a referendum to get a new flag because, because they've just realised that everyone Australia. thinks they're Australia. <laughs> That's fun. Like we yeah, need a new flag. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. So so. Oh, Connor Daly also is the guy who did a photo shoot in Monaco with Alex Rossi of the two of them just like running around with a giant American flag, and it's beautiful. And I can't. Yeah, I can get behind that. I it's so magnificent. And like. You know, I, I I acknowledge fully that that this country has a lot of issues. Like we are not perfect. We we kind of suck. Actually, we're kind of terrible. But sports, dude, I will I will explode into a firework of red, white, and blue if you ask me to. I think I think that's the thing because in sport you don't have all that baggage. Exactly. You know, none beautiful. of that other stuff matters. You're American. And this is your country, and this is sport. It's yeah. like this little safe haven where the, you, you know, your terrible record with guns and and your blatant semi-racism on some things. Semi-racism, dude, yeah. racist as fuck. Like, don't even, don't even sugarcoat that shit. Like, it's terrible. It's fucking. Look, I'm an Australian who lives in Canada. We have manners. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You're not perfect either. Fuck off. Anyways, my point is, uh, I had a point. It's important. You had a point. You'll just come back to oh, once you finish no, you're... ragging on a country you don't even know. What? I've been to Canada. Canada's Talking good. about Australia. Oh, dude. Also, I'm really happy that the Canadian dollar is worth so little right now. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm not because I get paid in Canadian dollars and my co-workers get paid in American dollars. <laughs> that's to suck. Um, so but can't you pay me in American dollars? I'd be so much richer. No, I know. That sucks. Um, but... The other thing is that, like, the sports that I follow, America is not very good at. So we just have, like, the massive underdog chip on our shoulder, and it's just, yeah. like, the most ridiculous thing. That being said, you are a country that still declares World Series of competitions that they're the only country in. Fact. Did you know that the Baseball World Series is called it because it was named after a newspaper called The World? I find that. That's there good. I like that. Today That's a good fact. However, <laughs> NFL players still think they're the champions of the world in a sport that only North America, like only America plays. Right. So I mean, that countries have leagues. We have an Australian NFL, like Australian football league, like that kind of football. 
But yeah. I mean, really, like, America, we're the world champions. You're the only country that plays. Did you hear there was, like, a global, like, f- American football World Cup recently? And America mm-hmm. sent, like, D3 football players to it and beat France, like, 80 to nothing? It's beautiful. <laughs> I remember there being a tournament like that in Europe because, this is really obscure, Nino Niederreiter was, like, the guest of honour because it was in Switzerland on the border between, like, Switzerland and France, and he was, like, the guest. And he's like, this is great. Like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> <laughs> we could probably send high school players to that tournament and destroy the universe at everything. Yeah. Side this is note. so far off topic. I don't like football, colors. so why are we talking about this? I don't I like football, football, and I don't understand football. Um, yeah, tying, this in, tying this into IndyCar, before I started watching IndyCar, I assumed everyone who raced in IndyCar was American. Oh, God, no. James Finchcliffe. Who's He's almost American. I don't know why I even knew who he was, but I did. I think probably because of the mayor of Hinchtown thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. And then I, I guess I became aware of willpower. 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 Um, if, if, look, I think we may have talked about this last week, but, and I've seen it since our last podcast. If you have not seen Damien Power's comedy sketch of regarding his brother, you need to go and see it. It's hilarious. The guy is also hysterical. He is worth a follow on Twitter. And he's going to have his own web series. Yes, where, he's going to have his own web series where, based around IndyCar. He interviews IndyCar drivers and IndyCar team members. Like there was a, they did a quick clip of it during the uh, a commercial break in Sonoma, and it was amazing. Oh my god! I he he asks Connor Daly who he is. Like, Hip man looks like he has no idea what's going on. I thought that I think that was actually Sarah Fisher. I thought it was Pippa man. I was like, she looks terrified. Yeah, she's like, ah, because he's, like, eating food, and he, like, throws it in the trash can. He's like, if you need to throw anything in the bin, like, it's right here. That's my terrible Australian accent. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed yeah. it. Um, yeah, so that that starts in, like, three weeks. So it, at least we'll have some random IndyCar nonsense to watch in the offseason. Should be fun. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what can we do for the offseason? I know. Let's give this guy a TV series. This sounds like a great idea. I really want him to have Sebastian Bourdais on where he, and just have him rip on him the whole time. And I figured out why he doesn't like him, actually. Why? Apparently, did Will Power race in, like, V8 supercars at some point? I, I think like he might have. think he did. And, I, I, and it, if he did, it would have been quite a while ago. So, like, 2000. Oh, okay. That's that's. I was like, that's not that long ago. Because I remember Willpower racing Indy cars when we used to have. Because we used to have the Gold Coast Indy. They would come to Australia to race the Gold Coast Indy. Oh, that's hella cool. I didn't know that. And it was amazing. And they don't have it anymore. Now we just have the Gold Coast V8s, and it's just not as so cool. My dad went to the Indy once. My dad hates sport, and basically he was like, "Yeah, it was great. We just drank all weekend." I was like, "Uh," but um, I think uh. I don't, no, he was, think was, he was, I don't think it's on Racing V8. I think it was because um, he was winning a race in at the Gold Coast in Australia and, like, Bourdais did something um, and uh, damaged his car and he lost. Yeah. I'm. Oh, did you know any car used to race in I think it was, like, Champ Car at that point, maybe. Um, no, it was, it was, uh, it was IndyCar. But, like, um, he was in Champ Car at that point. Like, that story I was talking about then was, I'm pretty sure, when he was in Champ Car. When Bourdais took him out? 
Yeah, yeah. I no. think it was like 2000 and I want to say like 2006 maybe? Okay, because... And I'm yeah. saying yes, it's 2006 because I'm legit reading this off his Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. There was um there was an incident in 2010 because I went back in Damien Power's Twitter and I searched for Sebastian Bourdais to see like all of his mentions of Bourdais. And yeah, in 2010, apparently Bourdais did something as well. I don't know where, but <laughs> there was an incident. Yeah, I was, because I was going to say, um, I was going to say, like, I don't think Will Power had, according to, I was going to say, when did he, he raced, he has raced V8 supercars in three years and only two races in each of them. Yeah, yeah, no. And it the was two really races he that. raced were the ones that were also on. He used to race the V8 supercars when they when they raced on at the Gold Coast on IndyCar weekends. So oh, he so basically, he I think he used to do like the double up. Like he would race. Um, uh, I kind of remember when they stopped racing Indy cars in Australia. Like it may have been before this point. Um, I, I can't remember. It was a while back. It may have been before that but yeah he used to go down and race the surface paradise round of um the v8 supercars i think he's done oh, it wow. twice which is what v8 supercars being the competition that simona di silvestro is going to australia to race in the one race it's she's so she's going down to race the bathurst 1000 which is like the v8 supercar version of le mans so you get a lot of additional teams that don't compete in the regular oh, yeah. season they come along for that tournament so it's her and a girl called uh, Renee Gracie who races in the Toyota Cup, which is the feeder series for the V8s. Oh, that's cool. She's the first female to have a full-time Toyota Cup drive too. So she'd be a Great. badass. Yeah, that's that's pretty excellent. Look at our job managing to keep our conversations to Indy cars. Woo. I know. We're not good at this. No, we're really not. It's fine. Um, yeah, so, I mean... Good for Will Power. Good for Damien Power. I'm pumped about that web series. I just, I want, I want it now. I want it immediately. Yeah, because yeah. they have all the guys I like on it. Like, Joseph is on it. And Connor Daly. Everyone's on it. And it's going to be I hilarious. Just, I have a lot of Joseph feelings. He was so nice. Oh, you, you have all these feelings about Joseph Newgarden, which is possibly because he's also. He's really cute. Listen, you can say it. You can this is a podcast where we're like, we're serious, but Bruh. damn that boy. Bruh. The female. and journalisty and that <laughs> one. Of the Come on, no. Him with the, yep. He is I a looker what? and it's delightful. He's also a child. Well, to so. be honest, most of the drivers, have you not noticed that most, there's some kind of like thing where God is like, if, no, you, if that's what you no. believe in or some high power is like, you're going to be good at sport. But I better make you attractive as well, because that just like we'll just get everything in there at once, and you're just like, "Fuck you guys!" Like yeah. spread the love around. And then Tony Kanan walks out the door. <laughs> and then Tony Kanan <laughs> comes in and is like, "Hey, I'm the exception to the rule. He is not good looking at all. It's fine. It's fine." <laughs> that being said, like there's something about Will Power that looks like he's just the most. Um, he he's either the most serious or the most confused or, the, like, the most bored person going around. I, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. But there's just some way where he looks at people interviewing them where he's just like, no. I'm, I'm getting out his autograph card so I can look at it. Oh, I have, I actually have a Sebastian Bourdais autograph card. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't know. Look, there's something about Sebastian Bourdais that 
I don't know what it is. I don't know why I feel like this, but he just seems like insipid. I think it may be the glasses. That's so mean. I no, it's not the fact that he wears glasses. Hell, I wear glasses. You wear glasses. Everyone but wears they're glasses. Like, they're like the nerdy little wire rim glasses. That, yeah, like, like put, put a nicer, more modern pair on them. Maybe, you know, you'd be like, hey. But no. Yeah, okay, I found my willpower card. He does look a little baffled. Like There's something I, in his face I, I can't explain that just makes me laugh. Why am I taking this picture right now? I am serious and you are annoying me. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh man. But obviously, so as we said, Sonoma was on the weekend. Uh Scott Dixon won the race, taking yep. the championship from Juan Pablo Montoya on countback of race wins three to two. You cannot get a series any closer than that. Yep. Actually, I wonder what was the second level of countback. If they'd both won two races, what was the next level of countback? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, laps led. Did you just did you get the the It's like fucking you tie. I think. I think no. it's actually. I think you're right. I think it is laps led. It's either lap. It's probably laps led or poles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, did you hear what Scott Juan Dixon Pablo- probably would have won both of those anyway? So. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Did you hear what um, Juan Pablo Montoya came out in the press conference afterwards and was like bitching about Scott Dixon? Like, what? What? Uh, why like i loved the fact that on the last lap every single anyone who was an indycar and an f1 fan who's been around for a while was like where is our timo glock who is going to timo glock this shit like literally if 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 juan pablo montoya had a teammate that was in front of him we would have been fine this would have like and there would have been a whole nother drama about you let him pass, team orders, all of this shit. So I would have had to conveniently, they've been like, you need to accidentally wreck your card now. Just you over there. Team yeah. Need, no, somebody so, needs to team block this shit. The other thing is that, like, the guy he was sitting right behind, um, he was in sixth and he had to finish fifth or better to, to he win. Sitting, he was sitting behind Ryan Briscoe, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And Ryan Briscoe. Ooh, Australia! I know, seriously. Uh, Ryan Briscoe's tires were really old at that point, and everyone thought Juan Pablo Montoya could actually pass him and do the thing, and then he didn't. And he, this reminds me so much of the Formula E season finale, where uh, Nelson Piquet won by a point because Sebastian Remy, Bate? Did you not know this? Sebastian no. Remy was in sixth place, and he needed to pass Bruno Senna for fifth place to win the series, and couldn't fucking do it, because Bruno Senna is a boss. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. Bruno Senna, not Timo Glock. Go Brazil! Also, uh, yeah, Nelson Piquet and Bruno Senna were, like, hanging out at the media center afterwards, like, hugging each other, and Piquet was like, I hope to, thank you. It's great. It was really cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's really nice that, aside from F1, we've had some really exciting season enders in the series week. Look, I didn't watch the entire IndyCar season. A lot of the IndyCar races conflict with, A, my work schedule and me being in Europe. But I, I watched, you know, a few, and and I was like, yes, I'm going to watch this last race of the season. Yep. Oh, and it was awesome. It was think, such a good – I think the fact that it wasn't also 200 laps of them going around in a circle, because right. I try. That's way more fun than Sometimes I'm just like, it's a circle. Yes. <laughs> I feel that on a spiritual level. And, it's again, it's way more fun in person, but on TV it's just a little bit dull. You're like, and eh, left turn. Yeah. Left turn. 
The nice thing about Pocono is that since it's sort of more of a triangle shape than an oval, mm -hmm. all, every turn, the three turns, are all at different angles. Okay. You have to kind of like figure out what you're doing and people tend to fuck up a little more and it's, it was, it was cool. Still a circle. I know. I know. And, and, and it's more <laughs> a theoretical circle than an actual circle. Yeah. Yeah. It has the, it's it has the it's essence not a circle. It's an of a circle. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, however... I mean, everyone used to make a huge freaking deal about Monza. Monza used to be a novel. True, true. And then we changed it to something else. Yeah. In probably before either of us were born. Oh, dude, like years before it. Yeah. So it's really an invalid argument because it's been this way for nearly 35, 40 years. So, like, no one complained about it in the 70s. Oh. Nobody's happy. Yeah, like, like they were just, yeah. The Rocking 70s up. is not relevant to... No, I, I think it was even like the fifties, not the seventies, but that's fine. Um, how did we? How did we end up back on F one? I don't know. We're bad at this game. <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, I think the fact you know how you said that you know you turned on the last race of the season because it's the last race of the season. The point standings were really close. Like, I think mathematically, like seven different guys could have won that championship. A couple of them were yeah. very. I think very mathematically, high. it was seven. A couple of them were very far outliers. However. You know, the fact that mathematically that was still in place by the last race of the season was, as opposed to, like... Well, it makes me think of... Um, oh, God, we're going to go back to F1 now. No! Uh, Abu Dhabi, I think it was, in 2010. Yeah. Theoretically, for the last race, last race uh, Alonso, Weber, and Vettel could all conceivably have... Have won. won. And Alonso was pretty close. Yeah, Alonso was pretty close. And it ended up being... Vettel coming out, and, and it was, what is it, Vettel, Alonso, and Weber for the, 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 the season. Yeah. Trevor, third place. My point is, um, I think a lot of yeah. other players... My point is, let me remember my point. My point is, he fucking interrupting me, so I can't remember what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Sasuke just gave me the finger, everyone. I, I think you should all know this. Um... I think you and a lot of other people had the same idea because 800,000 people turned in, tuned in to watch that race, which yep. is very far up from the Sonoma numbers from last year, which was like yep. 2,000, which is stupid. Um, I also noticed a lot of people from Europe tuning in yep. to watch the race, which was fun because none of them had ever watched it before. And it was a lot of people just kind of flailing around being like, what is happening? What is this? What is happening? How many wings does this, why does this car have so I mean, many wings? Why are there 18 pit stops? Why does California look what, like What, what was that thing there? Why are there three lanes in pit lane? There are. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, why yeah. is Joseph Why did, why did that guy not hit someone? Yeah. Why was Joseph um, Garden on fire? Oh. oh my God, that broke my heart. Also... I'll, I'll get back to that, actually. Uh, yeah, so it was cool. It was nice to see people tuning in, and it makes me pretty hopeful for next year that more people will, A, watch the races, B, maybe try to get over here for a race, because it is the 100th anniversary of the Indy 500. It's also going to next year. Hell yeah, we are. Uh, we can camp. We can do this. It's going to be fun. Um, we're also going to have a race here. Please come to Boston. Yeah, oh. I am there, because I am sleeping on your couch. Hell yeah, you are. I don't know where I'll be living at that point, but you will well, be... I'll bring an air mattress with me. We'll be blessed. Do the thing. Um, I was also going to say that... Um, crap, I lost my train of thought again. 
And that happens to all of us. Delete this part. We're going to delete this part. Come to see an IndyCar race. It's awesome. I'm not deleting this. That involves more editing than I feel yeah. like. Fine. Fine. Um, yeah, 800,000 people watched Sonoma. That was really cool. Oh, I wanted to actually talk about details of what happened at Sonoma. Um, it was really good, except the part where Simon Pagina blocked Joseph Newgarden in the pit lane. And it was, obviously, since Pagina drives a Penske car, and it's, like, the Penske branded car, um, I have, like, nom-style flashbacks whenever I'm biking through the city on, on, because it's moving week in Boston. Like, 70% of leases end in Boston this week. Which is a lot. It's it's a fucking lot, and it's... So is, is that a particular... Is that on purpose, or what? It's on purpose because 30% of the population of Boston is students, yeah, and they all move back September 1st. It's convenient. I don't know yeah. why. It just this happened. But um, there are a lot of Penske trucks around the city right now. Uh, every time I follow behind a Penske truck, I have a little laugh. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have a laugh. I have a, like, fuck you, because most of them park in the bike lane, and I can't go anywhere. And I'm just like, I feel like Joseph Newgarden. I don't want to die. You are Simon Pagino, and I hate you, but I don't really. I feel like Joseph Newgarden. I'm tall and broad and attractive. I am not, though. <laughs> tall, yes. The other parts, not so much. Um, yeah, so that that sucks. Like, that, that was upsetting to see. He also ran over... Um, the uh the hose that connects to the he was just like okay we're gonna go full way yeah he was like yeah fuck this i'm going and he ran over the hose and we thought he was gonna get a penalty he didn't thank god well i think that they were also in the situation that he couldn't go anywhere right he was stuck and that was his only option and he was you i mean he actually didn't lose any places because of that which was good uh he lost a bunch when later in the race uh he went in for a pit stop and his car caught on fire Okay. I was like, um, uh, uh, that, that, that's on fire. Suddenly on, on fire. fire. Guys, guys, fire? He also, so they put the fire out, he stalled his car, they had to push his car back and restart it, so he, he drops, like... It, and, and then there was that part where they, like, there's a two or three guys holding, uh, uh, holding the, the back of it and, like, running and trying to push it. Yeah, yeah. that was annoying. That makes me really upset. What is happening here? I don't know. They're just running like, come on, come on. Uh, No, no, not starting. Not going anywhere. So, the guy who shares his car with Sage Karam is Sebastian Saavedra. And, uh, dude, he was was leading the race. on the weekend. Yeah, he was leading the race for, like, a good portion of it. Granted, it was before he pitted, but still, like... Lee Diffie on NBC was making a huge friggin' meal out of it, and it was really fun. Yeah, they're like, Sebastian Saavedra, and you're like, uh-huh? Why? What? Where's Sage Carob and his adorable dog? What's happening? He, he, uh, so he also brought his dog to Pocono, obviously, because he's from that's there. A, that's a cute dog. His whole family is from Nazareth. It's adorable. Uh, yeah, and it's this giant, like, golden doodle and it's the cutest dog ever so they were just like rocking out in the the pit lane with it and it was really fun uh-huh yeah i i really like indycar oh um did you happen to see david letterman getting interviewed during while the- he was busy auditioning for a role as santa claus he looks homeless. weird slightly homeless <laughs> indycar owner it's a little upsetting yeah he uh he part owns one of the teams it's pretty cool 
I mean, I, it was very, I, I had forgotten about this. And uh, yeah, I was like, who is it? That's, oh, okay. So that's what he's doing with retirement. Yeah. And they were like, Dave Letterman's awesome. You're like, okay. Yeah. That's, that's, oh, that's a okay. It's kind of yeah. cool that like famous people are retiring from acting and getting into racing. Well, he's all, look, Dave, Dave Letterman, I'm pretty sure he's from Indianapolis. Oh, that's true. Sure. I, I, oh, or, he may not be. I, I, wherever his team is based, I believe he's from in the vicinity of that. Um, Dave Letterman is from Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Letterman's from Indianapolis. He's been a racing fan for a long time and has been involved with racing for a very long time. And obviously part of that is the ownership of, of his, of, you know, the team that he, he does own and that. But um, it's kind of funny. Apparently, like, he's been around a whole lot more now that he's re- retired. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's this guy's team, too. <laughs> it's this guy's team. Wait, I have to... When you do that, I'm like, crap, which window are which window? Why are you looking at my face? I, I don't appreciate that. It's... it's yes, well, it's, it's, it's the whole team. <laughs> um, I, I told you this when we were not recording, but uh, my friend from Austin, who we should have on the podcast for F1 at some point, it's Liz, that I traveled with. What did, what did you do? Uh, yeah. I accidentally missed my mouth with gin and poured it down my shirt. The skill. The skill. The skill of this podcast. <laughs> um, Liz, we have to get Liz on. Liz, uh, I'm assuming is Liz that writes for The Good Girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, she and who is like our... percent of our actual written work. Yeah. Who's the unofficial uh, F1 on a budget uh, guru for our, pod- our, not our podcast, but our, our, our website. Yeah. We'd like to get her on for one of these races. You know what? Let's do it next week. Let's do we'll get on her on next week. Yeah. I'm going to go bother her as soon as we're done recording here. Sounds like a deal to me. Book it. Uh, she also got one of these Graham Ray Hells on a stick. I will post a picture of this so everyone understands what the hell I'm talking about. But it's literally like a popsicle stick with a cutout. Of and Graham. it's not even one of those popsicle sticks where you have like the person's face so you can use it as a mask. It's literally half of Graham Ray Hall. I mean, like this one? <laughs> I, have Dan Ra- I have Dan Ricardo on a stick as well. Yeah, we'll talk about the great things that is Dan Ricardo and Dan Ricardo's Instagram on our uh, F1 podcast, which you should yes. get early next week. But yeah, anyways, so Liz has her Graham Ray Hall on a stick in a plant. Like she, it's decorating one of her potted plants and she calls him Plant Ray Hall. Like that, that's pretty great. I'll just go find the picture she tweeted of that and send it to everybody. Plant Ray Hall. Well, that's, I mean... Do we have anything else to cover from an indie indie perspective? Um, the Golden Gate Bridge thing. Okay, the Golden Gate Bridge thing was excellent. It was yeah, a beautifully I mean, fitting everything. Yeah, I mean, to get a little serious here, like, obviously, we're being very lighthearted about IndyCar because it is a lot and that's of fun. what we do. It's fun to watch. We are a lighthearted podcast, but... It was really cool to see them, you know, do the tribute to Justin Wilson. Marco Andretti drove his car across the bridge. It was, it was. The tribute, in addition to that, the tribute um, that was, that was on uh, NBC before the race. Look, I was not the only person out there who shed quite a few tears over it. It was beautiful. It was, it was. It was, yeah, there's not much more you can say than that. It was a beautifully fitting tribute. Um. And I think it was one of those things that made you realize that if something happened to you and you were you were thought of in that way, you'd be happy with how you'd lived your life. 
Yeah, and it was it, it it was a beautifully poignant tribute. And I I as I said to as I said at one point, I actually hadn't realized that. I think I thought that the the Golden Gate Bridge tribute uh, was something they were originally doing, which I think they may have been. They may have planned as a PR activity to have done that drive over. But it then became really a bit of a memorial kind of thing yeah. to kind of loop it all back in together. I don't, I don't think his car was supposed to be part of no, it. No, no. His car would never have, not never, but his car was probably definitely not part of it in the lead up to this. But obviously it was involved and it was, it was fitting. I think one of the, the sad things that we did see, and I'm like, look, so much of it was sad and 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 hard to watch. But the the footage, not even footage, the pictures we saw of his hauler coming in without names, without numbers. You know, it was no more, and and that was really kind of hard to see as well. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the amazing strength shown by not only his brother but the rest, you know, his family as well as the community of drivers was just incredible yeah. on the weekend. Yeah, I mean it's it's it sucks, but you know it's it's nice that there was only one race left to go. And they only had to deal with like this kind of yeah struggle for one race, and now yeah. it was to... and it was a week later. There was you know it was memorialized in in the most beautiful and fitting of tributes, and 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 then I I guess you know everyone could go to winter rather you know go to winter and and reflect on that and, and have time to, to grieve from there on out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a long off-season, so, you know, people will have time so when, to... When that. does IndyCar come back? Like, April. April wow. and May. Yeah, so Wait, it's... So it's nearly six, six, six plus months. Yep, yep. Okay. I think, from my slight knowledge of IndyCar, that's an incredibly intense season. If you're going from April to, where are we, late August, and you're fitting in, what, 16 races? That's that's yeah. absurd. It is, but also like it's great for us as viewers. Yes, but no, I, the what I can say teams? it's it's you can't really run races in the winter in the states unless you're running them all in like Florida or Texas or California. Yeah, but, but but when you say winter, we're in August. That's true. That's true. We're but, in August, no, September, I'm, October, and even April, May, talk, talk March, April. People, Talking to people at Pocono, um, the whole merger with Champ Car apparently kind of screwed stuff up a lot. Um, and IndyCar is in kind of a rebuilding process. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, I'm think, sure. Was this? I, I look. I think from something I had seen previously, it was that this season was was far more compressed than the past. Yeah. I did read a few articles about people from people from a team and a like operations perspective discussing the fact that this is. You know, they've shortened the lifespan of their mechanics and their team people by considerable amounts by what they put them through this year. Yeah. But, you know, they were saying we haven't seen our families because we've done four races in four weeks. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to think, you think about how stressful a back-to-back is with F1. And, I mean, obviously F1 travels further distances. But, like, two weeks apart is stressful enough, let alone every I mean, week you say, four weeks. You say, you say far distances, but, like, in Europe, it's not that far. Right, exactly. So between Pocono and Sonoma, they had to get from Pennsylvania to California, which is like twenty. Which is definitely miles. far further than getting from Spa to Monza. Right. It's about three, I'd say three to five times the distance. I'd have to look at the math exactly, but like, yeah, yeah it's, it's stressful. And I mean, 
you've got just as much equipment as you do in F1. You've got just as much, like, logistical issues to deal with. And you've probably got a little less money to spend it on, you know, large, you know, multiple versions of everything. Right, exactly. So Particularly if you're, particularly if you're a smaller team. Yeah. If you're a one-car team, jeez, you've... Yeah. You got your you got your work cut out for you, mate. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I hope that they they can stretch the season back out going forward. That would be a lot more fun. Um, it would By also, the way, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's also it's good for. Uh, I think start to Monza is eight hundred and ten kilometers. Are you fucking kidding me? I can you can do that in a day. It's an eight hour and forty one minute drive according to Google Maps. All right, I'm looking up. We're no. looking it up. Where, where are we looking up? Pocono? No, hold on a second. No. I was like, what's, where, where is Pocono? Pocono's in Pennsylvania, dude. Well, well, okay, yeah, but is it in town? From Nazareth, Pennsylvania, which is close to Pocono, to Sonoma, California, you go through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine states, and it is 2,828 miles. I don't know what that, that is. That's further well, than any race in Europe, excluding probably Sochi. I'm doing I'm doing miles right now so that our, our international viewers can understand. That yeah. is four thousand five hundred and fifty one kilometers. I'm trying to figure out what race in, in Italy sorry, in Italy in Europe would be the furthest from Sochi. It would probably have to be like you would probably Barcelona would probably have to be the furthest race from Sochi. Yeah. Uh, and Barcelona, Barcelona circuit to Sochi circuit is, okay, well, you, well, okay, you have to go across, like, apparently there is no road that way, it's, it's, it's 4,000 kilometers. Okay, that's still not, uh, 4,551. And you're not going directly from Barcelona to Sochi ever. No, no, you're never going from, well, well. Sochi is the race you come to when you come back from Europe. So you're technically going from... When you come back from where? No, it's... No, no sorry, from Asia. The word yeah. I meant was Asia. The, the inter-Europe races, there's nothing, there's nothing that long. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, definitely, definitely nothing that long. No, so... Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and you know, you have to get from Pocono to, to Sonoma in a week. Less than a week, because you've got to get there and, you know, be able to set stuff up. You've basically got two and a half days to get from Pocono to Sonoma. Yeah, that's... That's, that's, that's a logistical nightmare. I don't know if F1 could do that, actually. That'd be a struggle. Uh, I reckon F1 could, because F1 has multiple sets of a lot of their equipment, and so they... This is actually super interesting. I think there's a few articles around on this. They actually have multiple sets of a lot of their stuff, and so they sea ship it to certain places and so like brazil and places like that they sea ship stuff months in advance so it gets there in time and And so it's pretty uh it's yeah it's definitely uh it's definitely interesting it's a struggle yeah well you know i was i was looking into this for formula e too actually and uh you know the first race of their season is in beijing Mm -hmm. and all of their testing is done at donington park in england yep and like the race is in October, and they're sending their stuff out this week. Like, yep. all the stuff goes to Beijing this week. 
you want to hope you don't get anything uh you don't forget anything at that point no and, and i'm i'm talking including the cards like everything everything is going to yeah, be thank gosh now so yeah we're doing a good job of sticking to indie car but to be honest i think we've probably we've covered indie car we've wrapped up the weekend we yeah. wrapped up the season I actually am really looking forward to next season. I'm going to watch a lot more next season. I was just going to say, in conclusion, everyone needs to IndyCar. Yeah, in conclusion, watch more IndyCar. It's fucking great. Cars made, you think you're like, the cars aren't as good as F1. Yeah, but the racing is excellent. Yeah, the cars are a lot heavier than F1 cars. There is a lot more parity than F1. Yes, which is really what you want. Like, who cares? No, it's not a world of the haves and have-nots to the same extreme. Right. You're not going to have a situation like comparing Mercedes to Manor. Where, did you, oh, God, no. I'm going to send you this chart. There was a chart that showed, like, lap times over the course of a race, like, as compared to Mercedes for every team. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Mercedes is obviously the straight line across the top. And Manor just, like, drops off the table immediately. And it's the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. You don't have shit like that in IndyCar. Like, you're going to have, at the oval circuits, obviously you'll have teams that are down by multiple laps, but, like, that's that's not a big deal because you still have, like, five or six teams in a shootout for the first place spot every 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 race. Yep. Yeah. You know, like, you can... Pre- it's not, and it's Mercedes. Yeah. I was just going to say, you can predict an F1 race pretty much every week. Occasionally, my brother wins a lot of money betting on Lewis Hamilton and Pastor Maldonado to be the first to crash. Yeah, exactly. Like it's pretty predictable. Obviously, you're not going to be right 100 percent of the time, but like 75, 80 percent. Yeah, in any car, yeah. you're lucky if you're right 10 percent. Let's throw them all into a thing and shake it up. Yeah, exactly. Which is super fun. And like, I I know F1 like technologically is at the forefront of everything, but. Yep. It's so much more fun to watch a race instead of a fucking parade. Every, you know what I would love to see? Just once. I would love to see all the F1 drivers in a spec car. Oh, I know. I oh, know. God, what I want to see I appreciate that. that sentiment so much more now. I'm not and that's the thing. We don't want F1 to be a spec series. But maybe just a spec car Saturday? Yeah. Oh, man. What if, like, spec car Saturday to determine grid position? Oh, but then, but then the team, yeah, I don't know how you could make the team stick to spec cars, but still, standing up maybe even once or twice a year, even just a charity race. Let's have a charity race with spec cars. Let's have a charity get race GP, with all Get all the GP2 cars, put them all together, <laughs> take oh. away their radios, and let's just go. How incredible would that be? Who do you think wins in that? If you have a spec car race in that sense... Everyone, everyone has a car. No one has radios. Who wins? Man, Alonzo, probably. Yeah, I was going to say, Fernando Alonso, Alonso is probably, my fan as well. Alonzo, Button, you're, you're going to see a lot of the guys who have a lot more experience winning more races. To be honest, if Lewis Hamilton won it, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I have a lot of respect for him as a driver. But I, no. I reckon... You'll see a lot more Hamilton, Alonzo, wheel-to-wheel racing, which is oh, really what I want. That's all I want to Yes. Like, just, Fernando Alonso is so important to me, and I don't know how this happened. I don't know. I didn't like him. And then suddenly he went to McLaren, and I was like, you poor soul. I feel so bad for you. Look, here's the thing, and here's what I say to a lot of people. We can feel bad for Fernando Alonso, but he has two world championships. So let's not feel that bad for him. But 
I don't know. It's like... No, Button and Alonso are driving a car that is not worthy of their talent. No, absolutely not. Even if, Ke- even if Kevin Magnuson was driving that car, that car is not worthy of the talent that is at McLaren. Even no. if Stoffel Van Dorn was driving that car. No one deserves that kind of sadness right now. Potentially, maybe the drivers at Mama, but maybe not. No, why would, like, Will Stevens isn't that bad. I don't want to put him in a sad... Well, here's the thing, here's the thing. I don't know how good we still Will Stevens is, because I've only ever seen him race a Mana. That's true, that's true. Yeah. Well, I think at that point, that's a good place for us to wrap up for this special edition of IndyCar's Grid Girls. Um, thank you for listening to us talk absolute insane nonsense for the last, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, if you were ever wondering what it's like to just hang out with us in real life, this is, this is pretty much it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've had about three gins and caught at least one of them. <laughs> there's, been vodka, there's been gin. It's there's fine. There's vodka, there's gin, there's Graham Ray Hall and a stick. Um, this weekend is Monza. Uh, if you are in North America, it's at 8 a.m. on Saturday for quality and 8 a.m. on Sunday for the actual race. If you're in North America, good for you. Thanks for listening to us. I'm not doing the time zone conversions. No, don't do time zone conversions. If you are listening to this and you follow me on Twitter, please get in touch with me about watching GP2 because GP2 is a really freaking big deal. Because Sarah has a lot of feels. I have a lot of feelings. I lo- See, I normally only see one GP2 race a weekend because the first race is like at 10.30 on a Saturday and then the second race is at 4.30 in the morning. And I'm like, I like you, GP2, but not 4.30 a.m. I like you. Yeah, and also that's the sprint race. Yeah, so it doesn't count. I don't care about the sprint race. No one care. Well... Sometimes I care. I care when Alex Rossi wins it. And I care when Mitch Evans does well. So it's fine. It it works out. Well, yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to our IndyCar podcast. We'll be back at you next week with uh, another F1 one like we are usually doing. And uh, we know a hell of a lot more about what we're talking about. No, listen, it's fun, though. It's fun to be like new fans of a thing. And here we are. We're going to have to put it up. Please, please do not expect analysis on this podcast warning on this one. Or, or ever. True, ever. Yeah, yeah. We're not really, we're not really good at that, are You're we? not listening to us for analysis. You're listening to us because we're ridiculous, and that's fine. True that. So, yeah. We'll see you guys next week on the Grid Girls podcast. Ciao!